Hello, today is Friday, November the 20th, and you are listening to the Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by Northcore Grains. I'm your host, Dolores Foster, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Jeffrey Guy, and a very special guest, Mr. Claire Kinland, agronomist from McEwen Agri-Services. Welcome, Jeff and Claire. Good afternoon, everybody, and we should say about our special guest, Dolores, who Claire is taking part in Movember. That's right, he is. He's rocking the stash. Yeah, it's a great stash. <laughs> I'm sure your wife loves yeah, it. She does. <laughs> so, Claire, we, uh, we're excited to have you on the podcast today. And um, obviously, a lot of guys are wrapping up uh, in the harvest. And so, I guess we just wanted to ask you what you're seeing out there, what, what the results are for 2020. Yeah, I think the, the biggest answer to the results of 2020 is variability. It has been a, it has all started in the spring with emergence and all the way across the amount of variability that we see across Eastern Ontario is just tremendous this year. Uh, we got some really good uh, pockets where they were able to catch the rain and then some areas that really suffered from the lack of rainfall. And uh, I wouldn't say it's bad management by any means. It's just bad luck by not getting the mm-hmm. moisture. And, and it seems like it can be in the same field sometimes, like one half is even maybe a ton higher than the other half like yeah just the variability and those showers coming across yeah. and, and part of the field that got in the other part and then you go through with the combine and you try to explain it but when you see that much variability it's not fine-tuned management it is the environment that we're growing it in and and when it comes down to environmental conditions you just got to deal with what you're given there's some things you can stack uh in your favor uh, mm-hmm. Like good weed management, good fertility, good uh, IPM scouting for insects, stuff that all helps. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't rain, you don't get grain. One of the things uh, I think we're seeing a lot of customers I've spoke to, they're saying weak areas in fields, historic weak areas are historically weak this year. That much difference than the better parts of the field. Like they're just a real yield drag in those weaker parts that we know about. Yeah, so so when you start to look at transition curves and curves where I call them the basement and the ceiling. So in those lower traditional areas, I call them the basement of the fields. And, and this year, the basements were deeper. There's no doubt about it. The bottoms were lower. Uh, but generally what will happen in those good areas, the ceiling will get higher. And they, we just did not have that real opportunity to to hit those high ceilings on those high yielding parts of the field. So uh, average wise, we didn't see as much swing because the ceilings weren't as high, but the basements were lower than what we want them to be. So what really were some key management wins this year? You kind of touched upon a couple there at the beginning, but what did you see as real management wins this year? Yeah, weed control was a big one this year, just because whenever uh, you're limiting resources to the crop, and moisture being one of those main limiting resources this year, when you're minimizing that in the crop, it really shows. And if you've got poor weed management, it's taking moisture and nutrition away from the from the crop. And we did have a lot of late weed problems. So our velvet leaf, our giant foxtail, our late emerging weeds, because we didn't have that canopy closure, uh, we saw a lot of weed escapes this year as well. Not necessarily bad management, again, bad luck where, you know, guys, geez, I haven't had velvet leaf in that field that I remember, and it's full of velvet leaf this year, and it just didn't have the, the canopy competition to help. So is there anything, if there's 
So some key management wins was good weed control. The uh, Was there anything that really went wrong this year? You're saying that some of the weed control went wrong just because of the environmental conditions, but were there, was there any much difference between, say, no-till and conventional till fields this year? Um, I, I wouldn't say till. It's that, that comes back to management and soil type, but residue management was a big thing. But just to add on to the weed control, the producers that are using uh, residual in their herbicide program, multiple modes of action, we're seeing a lot of resistant weeds starting to come in eastern Ontario. It's no longer a western Ontario problem. I can take you and drive you to, you know, a dozen fields with fleabane, Jeff, that Roundup is resistant to. And, and Dolores, you know, when you can't spray the glyphosate on it to to, to get rid of it, it's a big problem. So we're going to have to manage that uh, those weeds coming forward. I got water hemp that's resistant to it. It's just not trizine resistant lambs quarters anymore. We're dealing with some of these tougher weeds that are resistant. So so we need to make sure we're getting a good residual weed control and multiple modes of action. Yeah, I might even know where one of those fields are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you <laughs> do, Jeff. <laughs> so was there any big, uh, if you remember here, well, Dolores, in the spring, we had some very early planting. Yeah. You know, that April 25th, 26th versus some later planting fields. And we're hearing a lot of stories from farmers on that. What's your take on that one, Blair? Yeah, like I, I'm a huge fan of early planting. And this year was, you know, being asked a lot of the times in April, should I be going, should I be going? And if I've always said anytime after the, you know, the 20th of April, if you're ready to go, get ready to go. I don't think we got to plant 24-7, uh, April 21st, 22nd, but if you want to get started. And I would still say things from this year. But the key thing is to make sure the soil is fit. Yeah. And, and this spring, the soil looked really fit the top quarter of an inch. But then once you got underneath of our big residue crop from last year, and this the clay in particular really wasn't fit underneath. Now guys went in and you know lightly opened it up with the you know with the vertical tillage. It did help, but it still was just really gooey underneath. We just didn't have that heat penetration. So guys say, well, my later planted crop was actually better. I'm not so sure it was the planting date this year so much as it was their flowering date. Yeah. Uh, just because of the rainfall came later. And when that rainfall comes later like that, it's much better for later flowering uh, varieties. And I think something that we found for, for our operation was we planted and then we got a frost and then the ground just didn't warm up, right? So um, where usually you see like 10, 12 days emergence, then we're into like a month before yeah. we see anything come up out of the ground. And those soybeans, those early planted soybeans, they, they did really struggle that way. And yeah, and we did have to replant some. Like, I mean, it was, and I, I'm not saying replant. We actually thickened some of those mm -hmm. stands up. And I'm really glad we did when we look back on it. Um, I, I, it made a big difference. Uh, but we were making that decision middle of May, mm -hmm. whereas usually we're making that decision at the end of June. And there's a big difference there in those numbers. So we, you know, in the middle of the way, we're still hoping for some big yields. And the end of June, we're just trying to save the crop. Exactly. Thing, so, yeah. yeah. Timing's a, a big uh, factor in that for sure. Yeah. So with lots of the corn uh, off and soybeans, let's say soybeans, somebody did tell me about it. They saw a field yesterday, but they couldn't couldn't remember where it was. So Yeah, there's two that I know that are still left out. <laughs> I don't know what they're waiting for. But they must like the snow premium on yeah. them or something. 
the uh, with that's with the the harvest almost completed fall tillage this year. Are you seeing more fall tillage than previous years? Or yeah, we're seeing significantly more uh, tillage this fall than what we have in the past. Soil conditions are great for it, so guys are mm-hmm. doing more tillage. I would say some of the tillage has been more aggressive, but most of the tillage has been less aggressive than what we've seen in the past. So just to pass with the vertical tillage. And, and I think that goes back to the spring of having so much residue that growers didn't want to go through that residue dilemma again this coming mm-hmm. year. So And it was a great fall if you got some deeper compaction and stuff it, it's it's a good year to do some ripping on that stuff and it comes back to that timing too right like last year guys got their crop off and there was no opportunity to do fall tillage right so where this year it's a lot earlier so yeah. guys are taking advantage of that opportunity and last year like this spring we had that frost on the september 19th which when when it came through i'm like yeah it did some damage there's no doubt about it when it when it first happened i'm like oh we're okay we're well past the half milk line soybeans are well on their way and we'll do okay i i think it took the shine off like we could have had some really uh some of the corn that you know is average to below average it might have done a, it would have done better if we hadn't got that frost and and i mm-hmm. think that that frost really i'm not saying it took 20 percent out or anything like that but it did take the shine out what could have been a better shine on the top of the crop for sure one of the things uh, we got a few customers that like to leave corn out into the winter or spring yep and the uh, feeling that they don't have to pay drying charges, let Mother Nature dry it for them. And that, uh, what are you seeing about stock strength in that this year for people that like to leave corn out in the fields? Yeah, corn's an annual crop, so it should come off in the calendar year that you plant it in. Uh, I, I don't disagree with it when it comes to a management uh, style like last year we couldn't get that that dry down curve just kept hanging up hanging up and we couldn't get the corn to dry down but the corn was mature so there was lots of stock integrity left this year when you've got 17 you know 17 even i've heard some 15 percent corn but you know that 17 to 19 percent corn coming off the field and you know it, it's testing you know good number two corn the stocks are deteriorating it has to like those those corn those stocks need to break down and they need to go through it so, mm-hmm. but so i'm not a huge fan of leaving corn out because you do see a lot of wildlife loss from it a lot of yield loss and quality uh degradation from it i i i would tell those guys is it really worth leaving it out you know, what's what's the price of corn today jeff it's Two hundred and twenty-four dollars. Yeah, so two and a quarter for corn, two twenty for corn. I'm not sure what you're expecting to get out of it mm-hmm. come uh, January, February. So. And we have a bonus on right now, so that's ten dollars over top of that. So yeah, so it's uh, a good price. The Movember bonus. The Movember bonus. <laughs> well, go. I should get it because the only reason I'm growing this is for your dad. So, <laughs> well, so. we appreciate it, Claire. <laughs> so one uh, last thing, talking about corn crop. So in my own crop. I had some early planted stuff and some later planted stuff. And I saw the pollination was better than I expected, right to the, pretty much to the end of the cobs, but short cobs. Yeah, stubbies. Yeah, Stubbies. So what would have been the big cause on short cobs this year across different varieties? Yeah, so that's drought. Like that's just moisture at the time. So your your ear length is determined a little bit, is determined a big deal about moisture. So even though the grain 
pollinated and everything. Uh, a corn wants to reproduce, right? Like, so those seeds are reproduction for them. It'll always start at the bottom and work its way to the top. So as the, as the crop starts to fill and produce sugar into those kernels, it'll abort the tips. And even though it did pollinate, it'll abort it. And then there's also poor pollination, uh, which we do have a little bit of around, but it's more sporadic on the cob. It's not as uniform. When it's uniform at the tip like that, it's usually moisture is the limitation on it. So, so just moisture earlier in the year before, like long before pollination. Yeah, like that's all happening. Uh, like around the, it's around V seven, V ten, is when all that stuff mm-hmm. is happening. But you bring up an interesting point about pollination, and one of the things that we don't talk about or look at nearly as much is is variety pollination and and this year i'm a big fan i you know having worked in eastern ontario i really like an early flowering heavy test weight corn like that is the type of corn that i like to see growing us like corn that i sell uh for seed is that early flower heavy test weight well this year later flower hybrids did better and just because of when it pollinated, it made a big difference that way on what went through. So I I think we need to look at it. Don't lose sleep over it, but manage it accordingly. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a nice little summary. Do you have any other questions, Dolores? No, I, uh, I don't have any more. But uh, I just wanted to say thank you, Claire, for coming out and supporting Dad with your staff oh, and no <laughs> supporting us. And yeah. Yeah, always glad to help. I really enjoy uh, working in Eastern Ontario and working with you and your family. It's, it's great. Couldn't ask for better. All right. Thanks again, Claire. We'll talk again soon. So, Jeffrey, uh, maybe we should talk about the markets. Um, what happened this week? Well, let's do a quick summary of where, where prices went. Uh, old crop corn, old crop, this year's corn, sorry, was up $4. I think it's at uh, $223 right now, the elevator. Uh, next year's was up uh, about a dollar at $210. Soybeans, once again, was up uh, $8, $538 currently at the elevator for this year. $480 for next year, that's up about $4. The wheats were mostly flat up or down two dollars no real big changes but uh next year's crop 245 for spring wheat 263 and 274 for winter wheat so the big things in the markets this week there was no usda significant usda reports there's only uh, two more weeks of the the crop progress report harvest is almost complete in the u.s but I'd say the, there's two big news this week. Uh, there was a lack of Chinese buying mm-hmm. of soybeans and corn out of the U.S. There was still uh, some significant corn sales to other users or other purchasers. But soybeans uh, really fell down this week. So you think that would be very negative prices. I was going to ask you, like you said, now no pur- purchases from China, but yet the price is up on soybeans. Yeah. So the, the second significant thing is weather in South America right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, northern Brazil is having adequate moisture. Central Brazil is fair. Southern Brazil and most of Argentina are considered dry. There is a... Uh, rain event yesterday which did not bring uh, as near as much moisture to central brazil and south as they were expecting and uh, it looks like they're 
going to stay kind of dry. I figure that's what's really supporting the market right now. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But in saying that, it's kind of funny. They were talking about Brazil's production maybe being in the 135 to 138 million tons this year. And then this dry weather was cutting it back. And then just this morning, I read an article. Oh, there's still lots of analysts saying 135 million tons for Brazil. So it's uh, the guesstimates. It's guesstimates right now because it's too early in the season. It's still guesstimates. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to go back there a little bit on the lack of Chinese buying. So the really what is, why are they not buying right now? There's the same market fundamentals. U.S. beans are much less expensive than South American beans for them right now. So why aren't they buying? You know, are they, and I've read this, are they, you know, are they waiting for the possible change of government in the U.S.? Will there be a, a possible change in direction of their their dealings with China? A change in the trade agreement. A change in the trade agreement. How are things going to be affected? Nobody knows right now. So is that what's holding up China? Or are they just going to buy less now? Nobody knows. Yeah. So that's some of the political turmoil which can create volatility in our markets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a, a real big thing. And uh, so it's, we don't know where that's going to go. We just have to be happy where prices are. And be ready to take advantage of it. Like I wrote this week about, uh, you know, people want to set some target orders. We haven't talked about target orders for a long time, but with prices so strong. And if you still want that little bit more mm -hmm. or a lot bit more, you know, give us a call. We can talk about target orders anytime. So I was saying about, uh, I read this morning about what's supporting the prices. Uh, I read an article in uh, Bloomberg News out of the States. Mm -hmm. Normally, I just see some, read some macroeconomic information in there. And, but today it was all about, I read one all about agriculture and it was about like soybeans and corn. And so it's been widely reported this week that soybeans, uh, the USDA projected soybean export sales for this marketing year we've already reached uh, 81 or 82% of those projected contracted sales for the mm -hmm. U.S. And corn, they're around 50% for the year. So those numbers are very high for this time of year. Like in really most of that purchasing was by China over a two and a half month window. So the article in Bloomberg News was saying, oh, China's going to keep buying. Everything's going to boom. Everything's going to boom. But it reminded me of a, I was at a marketing seminar years ago and the the person who was speaking says one of the things he pounded in that into my brain anyways was when you read about agricultural in the mainstream news services, most times it's things have already passed in the marketplace. <laughs> so my little hesitation this morning after reading in Bloomberg News is it sounded so positive and it is so positive, but does that mean uh, things are kind of done and it's going to re yeah. retract the other is way? Is it actually going to go up or keep going or is it is it kind of coming to an end? And that just kind of, can, we can end that in the marketing portion here. We never know. Yeah, We right. can look at all the fundamentals, come up with our best reasons why it will go one way or the other one mm -hmm. or the other way. But the reality is when prices are good, take advantage. Yep. Now, talking about good prices, we've had this $10 bonus on for corn, uh, for 2020 corn. So 
unfortunately all things all good things do have to come to an end at some point and uh the bonus will be ending is it end of day wednesday jeff end of day wednesday thursday is a american thanksgiving the markets are closed so let's end at end of day wednesday next week uh once again want to thank everybody that's take that has taken advantage of it new customers existing customers and we want to have lots more people take advantage of it in the next few days for sure and markets are up right now so even better so (laughs) oh always better always good um so yeah end of day wednesday that's the cutoff for the ten dollar bonus or um i should say premium because there is a premium for direct ship as well um i guess i'd like to end with our november campaign today um thank you to everyone that has supported us so far um it was great to see claire in here with his mustache and uh it's great to see everyone that comes into the office that uh is rocking a stash for when they pull the masks away for us well, to see yes, the mouse. Well, yes, you're right. <laughs> Usually they tell us, oh, I have a mustache on because you can't see, obviously, because of the mask. But anyways. So we'd uh, appreciate anybody that will go on the website and make a donation. Absolutely, yep. The link is on our website. The link's in the, my daily emails sent out. Yep. Uh, we're accepting cash at the uh, office and that. But if you want to get a tax uh, deduction slip, go on the website Hook up. We hear about it. Most appreciate it. And every donation, big or small. Yeah, it all adds up. So, and it's a great cause. And we're happy to do it. So, anyways, I hope everyone has a great weekend. I I guess for the hours this weekend, we are open on Saturday. um, For sure, 7 to 5 on on Saturday. And we are planning to be closed on Sunday. Um, In the forecast, there's a little bit of weather coming our way so we figured we oh i think people are just looking for a day off and that too (laughs) a day of rest well earned yes and now thanks again everybody for listening any questions give uh, dolores or myself a call anytime you'd like to see us talk about anything on a on the next podcast thanks for now bye for now